Hello and welcome back to Smiling in Hell 2.0. I'm your host Larry Peterson. It's great to have you guys back with me again, whoever you are. And thanks for actually I've been getting some notes and some comments and uh, some of you are friends. Thank you, uh, Casey. Thank you, uh, Lynn, all you guys. Uh, really appreciate you. Somebody actually giving this a listen. Hey, it's fun for me being retired. I got to keep the old mind sharp. Whether this is doing it or not, I don't know. But anyway, Anyway, this is going to be chapter 35. It's a follow-up to the last chapter, uh, which was uh, cleverly called chapter 34. And this is Adventures in Travel, Mexico, part dos. See, uno, dos. That's what I, I did last time. So anyway, we're back is smiling in hell. And oh my God, what a difference a day can make when you're working through the process of recovering from a not-so-healthy overindulgence of the fruit of the agave, you know, complete with cactus needles and scorpion stinger intact. Uh, but smiling in our self-induced hell, brrrap, recover we did. And we forayed on to explore and enjoy our Cancun vicinity, and uh, that included brief but still tummy-tugging ferry ride to visit nearby Cozumel and some incredible snorkeling. So leaving my partners in travel behind and renting a pair of flippers and a mask and snorkel, I made my way tentatively to the beach and into some of the clearest, bluest, warmest water I had ever seen. Remember, I was born in Cleveland. Now, not being a professional snorkelologist or even a rank amateur diver, well, it took me a few minutes to actually get used to breathing through a tube while having my face underwater, being semi-submerged. But finally, I was able to discard my latent survival instinct and was not only able to keep my masked face underwater, but remembering some snorkeling tips I had read about, was able to take a few quick, deep breaths to prime my lungs and dive deeper and stay beneath the surface longer than I would have ever thought possible. It was amazing. And looking back, though, I kind of have to shake my head as I recalled yet another classic example of the old LP lack of judgment. While my buddy James had gone in the water with me for a brief spell, the call of a cold Dos Equis became just too strong for him, and he left the beach and me to wash the salt water from his throat. I, however, snorkeled on. In my very zen-like reverie, I lost track of time and space and found I was able to go ever deeper for even longer and not feel winded at all. And while there were, there were other divers in the adjacent vicinity, they were paying no more attention to me than I was to them. I was alone in my zero-gravity aquatic reverie, seeking out coral formations, going nose-to-nose -nose with pretty little neon fish, and basically losing touch with reality. Uh, I even looked for Nemo. Well, that is, however, until I noticed a long, shiny torpedo shape gliding effortlessly about 20 yards from where I was gently flippering along my merry way. Now, I had only seen barracudas, barracudae, I don't know, in the aquarium while safely barricaded by the thick glass. A barracuda barricade, I guess you'd call it. Uh, 
and it allows one a, a pretty secure vantage point for investigating the beautiful creature's finely tuned torpedo-esque torso and toothy pike-like grin. And truly a fine machine. Well, that is, of course, unless you're only about 20 to 30 yards away. At that distance, one's clumsy scuba stroke is more of a scooby stroke and less like the desired grace of Lloyd Bridges from his sea hunt days, or even Esther Williams. So, uh, thinking I must have looked like a big old ham and cheese on ride of that super sleek silver surfer denizen of the deep, I willed myself to slow my stroke and, barely fluttering my flippers, made my way out of his neighborhood to the surface. Uh, while keeping him in my peripheral eyeline, I, I coasted close enough to the shore to grab a wave and body surf to the beach and deftly out of the ocean. Then, doffing my duck feet while grabbing the towel and beach bag I'd left in the sand, I continued across the hot sand, up the path to the closest beach bar, and into the safe confines behind the pineapple slice in a pina colada. All the while, I was looking over my shoulder like Sam Spade to make sure Barry the Barracuda hadn't sprouted feet, donned a trench coat, and was following me to join in my refreshing beverage. He wasn't. But after regaining my wind and the normal blood pressure level, I opted to revisit the incredibly blue Topaz Sea and made my way bravely back to the beach. Uh, somewhat tentatively, putting my snorkel radar at high alert for other members of the local ocean cartel gang, I uh, got back into the rhythm of the sea and once again began to lose myself, along with all semblance of time, in the narcotic-like rapture of the deep. Hours went by. I don't remember ever feeling fatigued, bored, or anxious, but rather absolutely enveloped by the waves, the color, and the warm water and sun on my back. Finally, on one of my visits above the water, I, I sort of noticed that the sun was getting a little low, and gently treading water glanced towards the beach several hundred yards away now, and could make out Mary doing a great impression of a semaphore operator to get my attention. At least that's what I thought she was doing, since I didn't see an over-reliance on any one particular finger or, or gesture. So realizing the time had passed, I gave her a wave to let her know I was on my way and began the gentle swim back to shore. We were starting to worry, Mary said gently when I finally caught up to her. Do you know how long you were out there? I admitted I didn't. I suggested, I don't know, maybe an hour or so. You've been out there like three hours. We thought you grew gills, she said, smiling. Well, I was amazed at how the time had dissolved, and after apologizing for making them wait and worry, told Mary how it, it was my first experience snorkeling in such water, I'd just become lost in the scenery, the, the exploration of the nature and of the experience, of course, with the barracuda. She said she understood, but that we needed to grab some dinner, make our way to the mainland before it got dark, and which, after catching up with James and Jack, and while enjoying a cerveza and margarita-filled meal of fresh fish, ceviche, and other succulent Mexican fare, oh, Taco Bell was never like that. Well, we all shared the various adventures of our days, and we wandered back to our hotel to crash. And that was how our fellowship of tequila began. 
The next week included a bout of sun poisoning due to an overdose of snorkeling, driving, as mentioned, through the countryside in a sardine can with no AC, while both sides of the road were being burned back by the area farmers. Well, this, of course, required our stopping occasionally to stock up on bags of ice for Mary to literally hug on her lap in order to keep her thermos-sensitive body temp under control. See, she had a little deal that her her body would just get not cool down. Even when she was sweating, she would get, like, scary hot. Well, anyway, we, we climbed to the top of the pyramid at Chichen Itza to commune with the Mayan sun god. Uh, but we didn't realize that the, the steps were so narrow that one had to sit on your butt and hold onto a chain in order to traverse the way down without becoming one with the uh, extinct civilization. And then we saw the, the light show that night, uh, talking about the history of the place, which a buddy of mine said was sort of like a Grateful Dead concert. Well, he got the dead part right anyway. While there, though, we stayed overnight in some of the original but updated archaeologists' screened-in cabins, being sure to remember to check our sneakers and packs for curious spiders or scorpions each morning. Luckily, we never made the acquaintance of either. And then, while at a resort at Playa del Carmen, I think it was Playa del Carmen. Uh, memory's a little fuzzy. Uh, James and I were enjoying a few beverages on the outdoor bar and dance club when we came upon a group of young French students partying mucho gusto. One young mademoiselle in particular caught my eye. Uh, now keep in mind, I was single and a free dude. And with much nudging from James and my friend Jose, Jose Cuervo, I worked up the courage <coughs> to ask her to dance. Well, as luck would have it, she spoke little English, and my two years of high school French pretty much had me sounding like a bad version of Inspector Clouseau as I tried to communicate. But communicate we did. And not only did I trip more than a few light fandangos with the charming young femme, I was invited to join her and her group back at the pool for some aqua frolics. Remember the old game of chicken? So with her on my shoulders, oh yeah, it was, it was pretty nice. Trying to knock or be knocked off and into the water, we enjoyed an evening of great frivolosity. It reminded me of the old George Thorogood lyric from the song, It Wasn't Me, remember? Yeah, I met a German girl in England who was going to school in France. We danced in Mississippi at an Alpha Kappa dance. It wasn't me. Oh, and while nothing, well, nothing untoward occurred between us, the recollection of her remains, and she gets prettier every time I wander down memory lane. With other excursions, including floating through the underground waters of a cenote, wandering around the ruins of Tulum, the areas around Ushmal and Akumal. I don't know what they mean. I just like saying it. Uh, exploring the welcoming town of Merida and the little shops and, and having a hotel pool all to ourselves for an evening of some very, <clears throat> very freestyle dipping. All in all, we're lucky we didn't have our passports revoked. I know there are many more memorable moments that were enjoyed by our merry quartet, but for the life of me, I'm drawing a, a haze right now. Other than that feeling of togetherness, we, we felt for each other. 
Well, we lost Jack some years ago, but aside from his fearless, adventurous spirit, I'll never forget his travel trick of leaving his old clothes that he'd packed for the trip behind after he was done wearing them. So that by the time we were to return home, his suitcase was all but empty, that is, for other than for anything he may have bought along the way. And though I haven't seen Mary or James for some years now, I I think of them often and, and of those Yucatan days that remind, remain in my memory like the dream of a hot Mexican sunset reflected in a cold margarita. Well, anyway, this is your host, Larry Peterson from Smiling in Hell 2.0. I hope you enjoyed the Mexican Adventure Part Dos. Uh, we'll be back uh, sometime with another chapter, either another adventure in travel or maybe a, um, an adventure in nostalgia or maybe just listen to me vent about what's going on in the economy and my quickly withering away retirement pension fund. For that, again, Larry Peterson, I'm your host for Smiling in Hell 2.0 saying, Adios, amigos.